1: Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
3: You're listening to Episode 52, brought to you by HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com and enter code CTL30. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely with me, Mackenzie Monroe from CultivatingTheLovely.com and
2: Erin Odom from The Humbled Homemaker. And today we are going to talk about being friends with extroverts.
3: And specifically, Erin and I are both ENFPs, which make up 7% of the population. So you've probably run into one of us from time to time, and you definitely have other extroverts in your life. So I think it's gonna be fun to talk about this today. And we also wanted to mention, if you aren't familiar, like you're thinking, what in the world is an ENFP, or what are all these initials that you're talking about? We are getting those initials from the Myers-Briggs personality typing system. If you want more information about that, you can go to 16personalities.com. They've got a lot of good kind of baseline information to get you started. And in January, I also wrote a post in our Patreon account that you can go to at patreon.com. Slash /cultivating the lovely and it has all kinds of different resources for kind of helping you type yourself and apply the personality typing systems to your life so you can check that out too. Okay. So, let's just dive right in. Erin and I are both ENFPs. Like I said, we're extroverted, but I think we're we were kind of t- chatting beforehand. I think we're kind of on different maybe spectrums of the ENFP. <laughs> <laughs> side of things like I don't know for sure that's just the well and maybe it's just it doesn't boil down to the ENF penis but I think you are definitely more bubbly than I am <laughs> I'm
2: a little bit more <laughs> brash <laughs> than you are <laughs> People so do think, think I'm bubbly. And it's funny because you can't even when I write, people think that I'm bubbly. Yeah. And I didn't grow up being like that. I was painfully shy. And even like when my book came out and like my there was my trailer and different stuff online, um, people from my parents' church like asked my parents what happened to that painfully shy child. Oh, um, that's funny. But now, I guess I'm more bubbly. Well, and maybe it's not even
3: so much bubbly as it is, like, you're the sweet side of ENFP and I am the spicy side of ENFP.
2: (laughs) That is hilarious.
3: I think that there might be a little bit of that going on. (laughs) We wanted to talk about relationships with ENFPs, like specifically friendships, because I think that we have a lot of great things to offer, but we can also... Be a little much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And since we are that, we can talk about it, right?
2: Exactly. We have a lot of weaknesses, but yeah. we do have strengths.
3: <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of one of the things that I loved about Myers-Briggs versus some of the other personality typing systems is seeing my personality through this light and seeing my weaknesses, it helped me to, one, understand them better to know mm-hmm. how I can be working with them better and knowing mm-hmm. like what what my limitations are, like things I need to be aware of where like I and I'm not deep into Enneagram, but when I heard my personality, what I think is my personality type on Enneagram, I was just like, yeah, that is me. And no, I'm not going to take your suggestions because <laughs> <laughs> that's what my personality type is. <laughs> where I don't know why I didn't come at it that way with Myers-Briggs. I It was more, I don't know why, because I've he- heard people have the opposite reaction before, too.
2: Yeah, you know, I've heard more of the opposite reaction because Myers-Briggs focuses on your strengths and your weaknesses, but it seems like it's a little heavier on your strengths, whereas when I read um, The Road Back to You about mm-hmm. the Enneagram, it does seem to focus more on the weaknesses, but I know you and I were talking before we started that your type in particular with the Enneagram doesn't really care so much as, um, (laughs) about those things. So, you know, my husband, he, and we're trying to still figure out what type he is, but he's kind of like that too. He's just kind of like, this is how I am, you know, and don't try to put me into a box. Whereas I think my type really likes to, um, look at how I can change, I guess.
3: Yeah. Well, and it's like, I don't know why I see that more with the Myers-Briggs. For me, it's like, oh, these are the things I have challenges with. Okay, that's what I need to work on. When Enneagram Mm -hmm. told me that, because I think I'm an eight, it was Mm. like, these are the things that you should work on. It was like, no, those are my good things. (laughs)
1: Mm, No, those are
3: strengths for me. So don't take
2: that from me now. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Well, I'm still trying to figure out my Enneagram because... I think I'm a type two and um, our mutual friend, Crystal Payne, she also thinks yes. I'm a type two, but the type two is the helper. And here's the thing. I actually like that. And I feel really uh, vulnerable admitting that because yeah. the type two is like a nice one and a <laughs> piece also want to be nice. But then I also have an inkling that I might be a type nine and I don't like that and they say oh, you don't funny. really usually like your Enneagram you like yeah. your Myers-Briggs but not your Enneagram so I'm like maybe I'm not a type two maybe I just want to be a type two
3: that's so funny yeah I've had I've had things like that too where you just like you want to be it and even I think Anne Bogle talks about mm-hmm. that in reading people her book on personality typing like she yes. did that for a long time that she thought she was a certain personality type because that's What her family was and kind of what she was familiar with and what she wanted to be. But it wasn't necessarily who she actually was.
2: Mm -hmm. I loved her book. It was so good to give a really good, broad, broad, yet she went into more detail than just like an article online um, overview of a bunch of different personality types. Mm-hmm. I read her book really fast. It was one of my favorite books last year. I highly recommend it.
3: Yeah, I listened to it and which was fun too because I listened to her podcast. And so it was like that familiar voice. And so it was really fun. I liked it. So I would recommend. So we've already given you guys two two book choices <laughs> The Road Back to You for Enneagrams <laughs> and Reading People.
2: If you want to read, have you ever read the comprehensive ENFP survival guide? That book.
3: I haven't.
2: Oh girl. It is so good. So if you are an ENFP and you're listening, or if you have someone you love that's an ENFP, or even if you think they're an ENFP, because ENFPs are awesome, but they can also uh, drive people crazy sometimes. Um. Then look up the comprehensive ENFP survival guide, and I read the Kindle version, which is like seven ninety nine right now. Okay. Um. But they also have paperback. But it was really, really good. I read it super fast. It was eye opening. Everything I read, I was just like, Oh my goodness, this is totally me. It talks about ENFPs as children, as teenagers, as adults, and it it really helped me um, realize like these are some areas I need to work on, and this is just who I am.
3: Yeah, I would definitely have to look into that because I love when you are reading something and it just clicks with you. And I think it's also important, like you were saying, if you have someone in your life like that, I mean, that's kind of the point of doing this episode is to help ENFPs with their friendships, but also people who are having friendships with extroverted types of personalities and Mm -hmm. specifically ENFPs, because we can be overwhelming. (laughs) So we can be (laughs) good to have those warnings. So I was, I just kind of sat down and was thinking of like some of my top things and something that I think is interesting to note because ENFPs can appear flighty or have lots of ideas or like, I don't know. I think there's this perspective of us out there, but in actuality, we are one of the most introverted of the extrovert types.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's why when people say, so when I come across to people as bubbly and they think that I could just be with people all day long, I really can't. My husband, in fact, you know, because he knows me best, he would say for a long time, he would say, I actually think you're an introvert. Like people think you're an extrovert, mm-hmm. but you're an introvert. But, you know, studying the ENFP, I mean, studying the Myers Briggs and studying introverts and extroverts, extroverts aren't necessarily those people that are loud and bubbly and boisterous, they just get energy from other people. And so with my husband, he's, he also is an extrovert, but he is an ESFJ and he could have a party every single day of the week. He's always like, let's have someone over. Let's go out. And for me, it's like, you know what? Like even this week, this, this is so awful. Like our pastor challenged us to have somebody in our home for dinner. (laughs) And I told (laughs) my husband, I said, I can do that next week. I can't do it this week. Yeah. Because we've just – we've been out of town like three times within the past month. And wow. I just need some time to be – just have our family at home and like regroup. And so – I am very introverted at times, even Mm -hmm. though I do have that bubbly personality. And, but you know, we were talking about before we started the show, I have loved to go on personal retreats and I haven't gone on one overnight and over a year because I have a baby, but even when I would, I would go by myself and spend the night in a hotel for one or two Mm -hmm. nights and I needed that alone time, but I would go and I would sit in the hotel lobby during the day so I could be around people. Yeah. Even when I wasn't talking to them. I could like get their energy or something. Yeah. Um just yeah. by sitting near them.
3: Well and I will do that too. Like when I have times when I can get away and go work that I will go to a Starbucks and mm-hmm. be able to do like really good concentrated work where I know my parents have been like, How do you do that with all those people around and everything? But <laughs> For some reason, I'm able to just focus and get a lot done in that mm-hmm. environment. I don't know what that is, but then I also, but it's like being alone in a crowd that i I don't want to be talking to anyone else. <laughs> I want to be working on my stuff. I just enjoy being around the people. Mm-hmm. I think it's also for processing, like I have a friend who is really good about this with me. like she'll she knows that I need to verbally process. But she also knows that I need to do it on my timeline. Like, I need to have some time to let things settle and sort them out a little bit in my own head. And then she's like, when you're ready, I'm ready. And then that's when Marco Polo, the app, if you guys are not familiar with Marco Polo, the app, it's amazing. And that's when I will pour everything out to her. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you did that. I know you needed that because... it it does really help me to sort things out when I can just really talk to someone about it.
2: Okay, side note. What is Marco Polo? (gasps) Is that that like Voxer? What is it?
3: It is Voxer on steroids. It is like video Voxer.
2: Oh, okay. And it
3: takes friendships to a whole new level, whether you are close or far away. I was talking about this with my best friend, Rebecca, because she lives in Arkansas. And so we're never anywhere near each other, but I, like, I've never been to her house. But I could find my way around her home just fine because I see it all the time. And I see her kids and we're, like... We feel like we're so much more a part of each other's lives. If we happen to vox each other one day, we're like, what is this archaic thing we are using? Like, <laughs> We're so used to being able to see each other. It just takes your friendship to such a different level when you can actually like see their facial expressions and know how they're processing things, but it has all the benefits of Voxer because you can do it on your own time. And, you know, it's not like those live phone calls or FaceTime where you have to be present at the same time. Like, I think it's ideal for moms.
2: Wow. I will have to check that out.
3: Yeah. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it.
2: So do you still use Voxer at all anymore? Um, for
3: texting? I do, but sometimes even with Rebecca, because you can type on the screen. So we will, like, if we're in a situation where we can't talk, we will video ourselves. This sounds ridiculous. We'll video (laughs) ourselves, but we will type what we are wanting to say. So we have all the facial expressions, but we're typing out on the screen what it is we want to tell the other person. So silly, but that's just a lot of times what we tend to to do so we'll use Voxer if we're just like sending each other like a picture of something or just a quick text but for the most part we use Marco Polo and even I have friends who are local who it's taken our friendships to a totally different level because they'll you know she'll get up and message me first thing in the morning before she has any makeup on and you know like you just get to know each other in a different way than if we were just seeing each other in person or we were just texting or whatever.
2: That is really cool, I'm gonna have to check that out. I don't know if I would use it or not though.
3: Okay, ladies, I wanna take a second to tell you about a new service that my family and I recently tried and loved, it's HelloFresh. Now, if you just wanna run over there and give it a try right away, you can go to hellofresh.com and type in the code CTL30 for $30 off your first week. But basically, what HelloFresh is, is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my experience. First of all, we received the chicken cheddar fajitas, veggie loaded orzo and sausage, and meatloaf a la mom. And every single one of these recipes was a hit with my kids, which is extra fun because they wouldn't have necessarily been things that I would have chosen to cook myself. Or if they would have been in a meal planning service that just tells you what to cook for the week, I probably would have made some substitutions or done things differently. But because all of the ingredients showed up, to my house on my porch there was this sense of well we have it here so I'll go ahead and just make it the way that it says and since a lot of it is already pre-measured and that sort of thing I'm just gonna make it by the book and as it turns out we ended up trying things that we normally wouldn't have and we all loved so that fact in and of itself was awesome I love that my kids and I all tried things that were outside of our range of comfort, but it really helped us to broaden our eating horizons, which was super fun. I felt like a little bit of a foodie that week. I actually went on Instagram and did a live video. If you guys hopped on there, it was super fun. I cooked through two of the meals. My dad even got in on some of the action with me we had on our hello, fresh aprons and we actually really enjoyed the cooking experience. And a lot of it that was super helpful is because everything came in these pre-packaged bags. I loved being able, to just grab a bag out of the cupboard and know I had everything I needed. I didn't have to go searching around for ingredients and that type of thing. And all of the recipes were also curated by chefs in a way that actually allows me to be able to make them in a relatively small amount of time. Most of these meals are 30 minutes or less, and they even took into account things like when we made meatloaf, they said, make them into little meatloaves so that you're not cooking this big meatloaf and it's taking way longer. I love that they had those little tips and tricks in there that made it much easier for me to feed my family. The week that I got our HelloFresh box, I know I would have chosen takeout because it was such a crazy week. I know I just would have ended up doing that. But because I had everything I needed, I hadn't had to plan the meals or plan the grocery list or do any of the shopping or even get everything sectioned out in the right amounts. It made it so much simpler for me and it was just a great option to be able to have a home cooked meal but in a relatively short amount of time and just take a ton of the work out of it for me. I know that when I have busy weeks coming up in my life, I will definitely be turning back to HelloFresh just to help us make sure that we're not doing that takeout option and I'm cooking from home. And this allows me to do it well. They have three different plans, classic veggie and family. We've really enjoyed the family so far. If you choose the classic plan, they even have 20 minute meal options that come with what you get that week. And we're really looking forward to in the future, trying out some of their hall of fame recipes like their easy peasy ravioli gratin with spinach, thyme and Parmesan breadcrumbs. Yum. I know my kids would love that. So if you think that HelloFresh could be really helpful to your family and help you to deliver delicious meals that are home cooked, but not taking you all the time and the effort (laughs) that it normally takes, then again, you can go to hellofresh.com and type in the code CTL30 to get your $30 off and give it a try.
2: So, we were talking about before the show went live too. It's weird because people keep telling me, "Aaron, your personality fits Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. You need to do more live. You need to do more stories." And I'm just not into it very much.
3: Uh, yeah, it's and really I I do enjoy that. Like I do miss like the periscope days when you would get that that live interaction with people. It, mm-hmm. I would come away from doing that and feel energized to get stuff done. And mm-hmm. it, that was very life-giving to me to have that time, which, by the way, if people sign up for Patreon and we get up to 300 <laughs> subscribers, the morning show is coming back. So head on oh, over that's there and awesome, check it girl. out.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was always not very consistent with that, which not being consistent is a characteristic of an ENFP. Yeah. So do you ever see yourself like that or have you really disciplined yourself more?
3: It just really depends on what it is. I was talking about this with Kat Lee when I had her on because she's an ENFP too. Mm -hmm. And we were saying like there's certain things in our life we're really good about being consistent about because we just don't want to waste energy on it because we've got so many ideas for other things. Like Mm -hmm. I'm okay with eating the same thing for breakfast every day. I'm okay with like all those kinds of minor things because... I like to save my energy for the bigger things. So I Mm -hmm. think there can be consistency in that. And I tend to be able to be consistent if one, I have like some sort of accountability, which to me, there was accountability with Periscope because people were showing up live and I had to be there. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so that was a good motivator for me. It was also a drive to help me get up earlier in the morning, which was something that was harder for me to do. And so Mm -hmm. Periscope, like, Helped that goal be consistent and for a long time, I really was able to stick with it, I think because there was that feedback for me Mm -hmm. and it was a life-giving thing. It was a way to kick off my day. So. Not everything am I consistent with, but like you wrote a book and you followed through on that, you know. Oh,
2: girl. (laughs) That was like one of the only things that I've ever, you know, I look back at last year and there's a lot of hard things, but like writing the book, I'm like, you know what? I actually did it. But what you said there a minute ago is huge accountability. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's for a lot of personality types. Yeah. And, Definitely for the ENFP. Like if I don't have that accountability, it's really hard for me. And that's why i loved working with a publisher yeah. because I could not finish that book. You know, they paid me money. Like they sent me an advance and yeah. I had to be accountable to them. And even the, um, the type of homeschooling that I do. So you full-time homeschool, we do a university middle school. So with um, the university model, my kids go to school three days a week at their home, too. And I literally print out the lesson plan. I print out a checklist. Yeah. And – everything's planned out for me and my kids have to have their work turned in the next day. Like I can't say, Oh, well, you know, it's sunny. So let's just play the entire day and like read one chapter and that, and call it a day. And I'm not saying homeschoolers do that all the time, but But I know that that's (laughs) the beauty of it. You know, you have some of that flexibility. We don't have that flexibility, but my personality and the type of ENFP that I am, and I have so many other balls that I'm juggling that I need that. And so I thrive on that accountability.
3: Yeah. So I think as a friend to an ENFP, something that I have a few good friends who are really good at doing this for me and they because I always have ideas. (laughs) We are Mm -hmm. idea people and I mean my friends call me like the visionary because I always have the ideas of what to do but I have a couple who are really good at kind of, not forcefully but just kind of walking me through like, okay well what would that actually look like to make that happen and kind of Bringing a little bit more of the practical side into it for me to give me a different perspective so I can better assess, would this be a wise decision? Is this a good use Mm -hmm. of my time? Will I be able to follow through on this? And that has been a really helpful thing to me from those more practical friends who, I don't think it's burdening them. They are enjoying it because they like to hear my ideas and everything. It's not like, oh, they I have to have them trudge through every idea with me or something. But mm-hmm. they're, they're just really good at kind of helping me wade through those waters to not jump into every shiny thing.
2: Yeah. I have those people in my life. And then, I mean, I always need more people though, because yeah, (laughs) I have a mentor that I run things by. We talk on the phone several times per week. We just hired a business coach because... I have so many ideas, Mackenzie, and I know we're the same way. But then what I do is I get paralyzed because I don't know which idea to do first. Mm -hmm. And it's like my mind is just cluttered with ideas. And I've I've had friends tell me before, your ideas wear me out. Like (laughs) – you make me so tired. And then I thought, you know what, maybe I should just one day just say, I'm going to be an idea generation coach or something. Like if people want to do a business and they have no idea what they do, I can just pull one of my many ideas out of a hat and say, here, just go do this one. Because it is, and and the ENFP is such a visionary. And the thing is, it can aggravate people. So I've had friends get aggravated with me before because They'll say you have so many ideas but you don't do any of them, you know? Yeah. Um and so Or you start
3: them but you don't yes. finish them. Yes.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. So that book, writing the book was a huge feat. Yeah. <laughs> because it is it's so hard to finish things because we have so many other ideas we want to just jump to.
3: Yeah. And I find that if I, like, I think that's kind of why I'm such a planner the way that I am because it does, if I have an idea and I really want to see it through, I need to have some, some plans in place to mm-hmm. know what I need to do. And a lot of times it is so jumbled in my brain, like, I, I'm kind of in that search right now, like, between a good solid plan person to come in with my business to be like, okay, these are great ideas and you know what you need to do, but this is how to actually get that done. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's a, yeah, (laughs) that's a hard thing for me.
2: Are you, when you go places, are you in a late person or an on time person?
3: Well, I like to think I'm on time. (laughs) I'm either by the skin (laughs) of my teeth or I'm late.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I am. And I wonder if it, if it's an ENFP thing, because for me, it's like, I, I always underestimate how much time I have. And also relationships are so important to me. So if you have an ENFP as a friend, that is usually going to be the type of friend that you can ask anything of and not be embarrassed because they're not going to think badly of you. So And I might be with friends and they might be pouring their hearts out or talking about something or even if it's one of my kids and I know I'm supposed to be somewhere, but that relationship is more important to me than wherever I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But I'm learning I need to have a balance because I need to be able to respect whoever else's time that's waiting for me at the meeting or whatever, you know, and you know, nicely tell whoever I'm talking to that I need to go, but I can come back. What's funny too, with ENFPs and being able to ask them anything, I met an ENFP this summer. So I was invited to this little blogging retreat with seven bloggers and I didn't know anyone. I I don't think I may have met one in person once briefly at a conference for like 30 minutes, we had a conversation. And she's actually the one that invited me. And everybody was really sweet and down to earth. But you know, I was a little nervous going into it. And they put me we were in this Airbnb. And it was like this really old, honestly, creepy house. (laughs) And I had my baby with me. And in, my house, in the house, they put me on a, the opposite side of the house because I had the baby and they thought maybe he'll be waking up at night and let's give her some privacy. Well, there was like this secret passageway in my room to like oh. this whole other room. And girl, I was like scared. I was like legit freaking out, but I didn't know anybody. I didn't want to be like, I'm scared. Will you help me (laughs) to make sure there's like not a man hiding in that room that's going to come get me in the middle of the night. Yeah. So we were all going around and we were telling our personality types. And when this girl said I'm an ENFP, I was like, I got my person. I'm going to ah! ask her to go with the secret passageway. And so I did after it was over, it's Kim Anderson from um, thrifty little mom. Some of you may have heard of her, but she also has a podcast called, uh, just keep Vlogging. I said, um, I know I don't really know you, but I know you're an ENFP. Will you please go t- through this room with me and like, let's make sure there's no people hiding in here. And That's she hilarious. did. And I knew she didn't think bad of me. So if you have an ENFP friend in your life and you need to ask something like, Hey, do I have something in my teeth or is there a booger? hanging out of my nose or whatever, like totally ask them because they're not going to judge you. They're just going to love you.
3: (laughs) That's true. I think that's totally true. And we are, we're like the first people, if we feel very close to you, I mean, I think that we can talk about this in a second, like we jump in full force into relationships, but Mm. we are, we will drop everything. Like if you have a crisis in your life, I will, I will be there for you 100%.
2: Absolutely, girl. If it yes. means staying up all night and texting you or Facebooking you or if I'm all possible able to get to you physically, then that is what's going to happen. But at the same time, if you aren't an ENFP, mm-hmm. I would ask that you respect them and maybe not take advantage of that characteristic of us yeah um because like you and I were talking about I just finished actually I have like 30 minutes left in the book according to Kindle. um <laughs> the book boundaries and I love it so much and it's so eye-opening to me and I think ENFP struggle ENFP mm-hmm. struggle with boundaries with people yeah. because we tend to not always be assertive and we don't want to hurt people's feelings. And so I would say if you have an ENFP friend in your life, then um you have a treasure. <laughs> I hope I can say that without feeling egotistical. And like super bad. I just mean like we love big and we love hard and I we feel love like hard. I have a treasure in you, Erin. <laughs> I have a treasure in you, Mackenzie. So, you know, we love people so much, but I would say also respect our boundaries because don't take advantage of the fact that we are so giving and we love you. Um, Let it be mutual and give back to ENFP friends too.
3: And I think that's something for me that's been very hard over the years because I have been burned in some ways Mm -hmm. where I've like totally been there for someone like through major crisis. And when the crisis was over they just kind of picked up and went on with their life where I felt like we went through this together. Like I was here for you, but they didn't feel that same bond to me. They were more like, well, a lot of people helped me. And yes, I'm appreciative, but I don't feel the same connection to you as you do to me. And so Mm -hmm. that can be very hard because as ENFPs, we are kind of quick to dive in wholeheartedly and I think we need to be a little bit guarded in that and make sure we're making Mm -hmm. wise decisions. And then also, yeah, that people don't take advantage of that and then kind of drop us afterward because that can leave scars and it can make it hard to then want to form close relationships Mm -hmm. moving forward. I think especially as women, we have a lot of issues with that. (laughs)
2: Hmm. I definitely have felt used in the past too, uh, particularly when it's come to blogging. People have wanted information and then had people go and and kind of copy things. Mm. And I've had to put my guard up more because as ENFPs, authenticity is huge to us. Yes. And we kind of lay all our cards on the table. And you and I were talking as we've Grown up and going through different things in our lives, we've both had to pull back some on that. Mm-hmm. But for m- most area of our, as of our of our areas of our life, if I can talk here, we just kind of are an open book. Yeah, and we trust that other people are also being authentic. Yeah. but. They might not always be. And so I've had people, you know, really dig to get information from me. And I trusted that they weren't going to do anything bad with that information. Mm-hmm. And then go, you know, I've had people that I've told product ideas to and they that I was going to do or books I was going to write. And then they've gone and done those things uh, themselves before yeah. I could do them. And that I really have felt burned with that. And yeah. um, something else with ENFPs and relationships, Mackenzie, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but we I think think, make everyone feel like they're our best friend.
3: That can happen. Yes.
2: (laughs) And so I honestly, I don't, I'm still working through this because it's even online. And with both Mm -hmm. of us being, having online work, you know, you do a lot of, you do more videos than I do. And obviously you have a podcast and we both blog and we just have an online presence where we're very Mm -hmm. open and I get messages where I I love hearing from my readers and I don't hope this doesn't come across wrong, but then I get, get, I'll get messages from people like, can you do this for me? Or can you do that for me? And I am learning that I can't do or be everything for Mm. everyone. And yeah. it's hard to learn that because yeah. I think in our hearts we want to. But then if we are everything for everyone, then we're we're not gonna be there for the people that matter the most in our lives, you yeah. know, our, our own families. And so, you know, our children. And so um, I think that's one thing that I've I've really had to learn the hard way. And I would say if you meet an ENFP, definitely feel like they're going to be there for you and be close to them. But it just goes back to having those boundaries and respecting that they have their own lives too.
3: Yeah. No, I totally agree with that because especially, I mean, i had been a blogger for a long time, but not like a great one. And then when Periscope got started though, and then the podcast that kind of took things to a different level, but Periscope, it started pretty small, you know, and so I really put myself out there like, oh, this is a great way for me to make new friends. I'm so excited to meet all of you. Yeah, you can vox me, you can message me, you can (laughs) whatever. But then (laughs) there was this breakdown and like a lot of these people felt like they really knew me because they're Mm. seeing me or hearing me, but I don't actually know them. And so I had to kind of create some walls around myself to make sure I wasn't spreading myself too thin and trying to get to know too many people and only allowing in the people who really consistently stayed there, showed support, were involved in other ways than just trying to contact me personally. Mm-hmm. I I kind of was able to find authentic people through that and then those relationships have been able to develop more it's not that I don't love hearing from people I love getting the emails and everything Mm
1: -hmm. it's just that you
3: can't go fully deep with everyone so I've been grateful for the people that I can go with but those were the people who were willing to kind of wait out that process and Mm -hmm. allow it to be a longer process than just like oh she didn't email me back right away whatever I'm not gonna listen anymore (laughs) you know what I mean yes yeah
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I do have readers that I've become friends with and, you know, if it were this perfect world, I would love to just be real friends with everyone, but it's just not possible. So we have to, to have those boundaries. And like you said, if if it takes time, you know, I've become friends with other people I've met online, but it takes longer than if you were meeting in person too.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, That every once in a while you do come across somebody online that you do feel like, oh, okay, there is a special sauce here. Like, I mean, the way that my friend Rebecca and I became friends, like, she had followed me on Periscope for... A good six months, like, felt like she knew me, you know. And we were starting this challenge where we were partnering up with people. And I was like, Well, I don't have a partner. And she said, I'll be your partner, like, in the middle of one of my periscopes. I was like, Okay, you know, sure. And so then I remember she. Facebook messaged me that night and like told me her life story and all of her children's names and her husband's name and the origin of her husband's name and like all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, like I, I, okay. I didn't know we were diving in here, but then I ended up like, even though it was like, it felt like a lot at first, she ended up being just as weird as me. And so we could really hit it off. But that happening is, is a rare thing
2: yeah and I've definitely in the past put myself like I've emailed a few people and just been really open and then I'm like oh my goodness why did I do that
3: (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's hard especially especially with the way the video platforms have Have changed things because we do feel Mm -hmm. like we know people. I've had people on the podcast before where I've been totally dedicated to their YouTube and really loved who they were and felt like, oh, I would totally hit it off with this person. And then I go to have them on the podcast and they're like, okay, I'll be on your podcast, but I don't know who you are. (laughs) You know, like, oh, they're (laughs) like, uh, I don't, they don't have that same, it's not reciprocated. And so Mm -hmm. then. It makes for like a stilted interview, (laughs) you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. because I think though I am an ENFP, I am also the person who does want to get to know the people
2: that I watch, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. It's just all goes back to being super relational. And, you know, one thing that I've done with my readers lately is that not in every email, but... Maybe once a month or so, I'll ask them to send me their prayer requests. And if they need to vent that, I am a safe place.
0: Yeah. But
2: I just need, and I find it a joy to read those and pray for them. I just know that I can't send back like a super long email and have like a very long drawn out conversation with all of them. But I can pray for them as I get those emails. Yeah. So it's just that balance. and I. But I have learned I can't do that in every single one. You know, I can't yeah. every single email, every single week ask for that. But it's been a really um, neat thing for me to be able to do that.
3: Yeah. And I think for me, sort of in that same way, but on a different platform, has been Instagram and even Insta Stories and trying to be investing more in there right now because that's an easy way for me to, it's like, you know, People don't usually leave long emails on Instagram. It's like shorter messages, but I'm able to keep up with those better and respond to them more quickly where email can get overwhelming to me. But with Instagram, I feel like I'm able to be relational and respond to people and kind of grow those relationships, but not in an overwhelming way.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I need to try it more. I mean, I will go through these phases. I just feel like I can't be consistent with it. Yeah. Um, And And that's
3: something I'm working on too. That's like one of my goals for this year is really focusing on Mm -hmm. my Instagram. A lot of it for the Mm -hmm. relational part of it. Mm -hmm. But it is hard to like, oh, I've got to like regiment myself to make sure I'm putting it out there every day.
2: So do you think, do you find in yourself, are you an all or nothing person? Because I feel like this Instagram thing with me not being consistent leads into I'm all or nothing. And so I will do Instagram stories every day for a week and then I'll just go three weeks to a month and not do any. And I I think that it keeps me back from doing things because Mm -hmm. if I'm not 100% in, I feel like I can't do it. So do you see that in yourself at all?
3: Yes. Like I am that person when I buy like, a new journal, if it's in December, like, I totally did this this last year. Like, even though I really (laughs) wanted to use it, I was like, no, I can't use it till January 1st. Like, (laughs) I cannot touch it beforehand. It has to be January 1st, you know, and then it peters out. But I still, like, I have these, like, crazy things in my head. Like, I can only do it if this like I can mm-hmm. only do Instagram if I'm full on doing Instagram instead of just trying to do it more consistently in general it's yes yeah do, do the all or nothing thing for sure
2: <laughs> so I think that one thing we talked about was that that can maybe appear fickle to people or yeah. it makes us seem flighty mm-hmm. maybe yeah so, I guess what do we want people to know about that? Like, we're not trying to be that way. Yeah. It's just who we are, and we're working on it, <laughs> or at least yeah. the two of us are.
3: Right? I think, yeah. <laughs> and I think by and large, like a lot of us, because there are actually quite a few ENFPs, like in the podcasting world, and. I mean just kind of I think a lot of us have platforms and that kind of thing. I mean just off the top of my head, Sally Clarkson, Cat Lee, you know, us, Jody McKenna, who's also on the show. Um and I think that we just we love ideas and we really want to pursue those things, but until we're able to hone down our one good idea and then be able to kind of spring things off of that, it can seem like we're being fickle and we're not trying Mm -hmm. to be, we're trying to work on it. But I think Mm -hmm. being supportive and helping us kind of, if you are a close friend, not just like every random reader (laughs) needs to keep (laughs) us accountable on everything. But I mean, if you're a close friend to, to be in that position of helping us stay on track and, make sure we're not getting carried away, I think is mm-hmm. a good thing.
2: Yeah. You know, one of our mutual friends, I've already mentioned her that yes. really helped me with that was crystal mm-hmm. because so she coached me in. let's see, I think it was 2015. Okay. Yeah, it was 2015 and we became really good friends that year. We we already were friends that we just got a lot closer and You know, my platform didn't really grow that much during that year, but I think she helped me to even still have a platform, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, She helped me to not commit like online suicide, for lack of a better word, because I was so burnt out and she really helped me to take a big step back. Because I was doing that typical ENFP thing and I was going all, 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 all. And I was, you know, starting to feel like I was missing out on real life. Mm -hmm. And she helped me and really just spoke uh, life into me. And um, I'm so grateful for that.
3: Yeah, I think it's a very easy thing for us to burn ourselves out. Because Mm -hmm. we are so all in and when we have an idea that we're working for, it's like all we can concentrate on and we're doing everything we can to make it be a success to the point where we can't do one more thing (laughs) and Mm -hmm. we exhaust ourselves.
2: And then what happens, so then like I kind of went the opposite extreme during the year I was writing my book and then last year when I was launching it and had a new baby is that I pulled back so much Mm -hmm. that I, you know, I kind of told myself, all right. If Now, I did have a nanny while I was writing the book, and my husband was still working outside the home then. So we di- I did have help, but pretty much I told myself, um, okay, if the kids are not at school and if the nanny's not here, you know, and she didn't work like 40 hours a week, so she wasn't yeah. here like constantly, then I'm not going to work on anything. Well, here lately, that's been really difficult because we 100% rely on my blog income now. Yeah. And um, my kids only go to school three days a week. Yeah. from nine to two. And we have snow days and a three week Christmas break, and they're going to have a three month summer break. And so I'm realizing, okay, that's not going to work. And they're going to have to to see that mommy does have to work sometimes, you know, yeah. but it was like, I had burnout so much the other way. I went the opposite extreme and it, mm-hmm. it goes back to having that balance and really having boundaries with ourselves. Like I, yeah. I hope you link boundaries in the show notes because that yeah, book is so great.
3: Yeah, and
2: yeah, I really think it's one of those things that we as ENFPs struggle with, and Mm -hmm. we need those really good friends in our life to help guide us.
3: Yeah, I absolutely agree, because I do the same kind of thing, especially now, like, this is my bread and butter, too, (laughs) and trying to, like, when my kids are with their dad, I have to pour into working a lot but then I can get do it to the point where it's like I'm not even sleeping I'm not even taking care of myself because I feel that pressure and then I get to the point though where I'm just like oh I can't work at all like when they're gone I just have to rest because I've completely exhausted myself and then I'm not doing anything (laughs) and so it's I think that friends who come alongside us can help us pace ourselves better.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
3: Yes. Well, I think this was a fun conversation. We dove into a lot of stuff.
2: We did. This was so much fun. And I would love to know from people in the Facebook group. Yes. Do they want us to talk more about stuff like this? I know that I love talking about relationships and I just love how God has gifted us all and created us all uniquely. You know, um, I love my ENFP friends. And I have a lot of ENFP friends, Yeah, but the world would be so boring and so crazy um, if we were all ENFPs, you know? And so I would love to hear from the group, like what their personality type is. Are they friends with any ENFPs? What are the things they love? What are the things they struggle with? And I would love to just continue that conversation there.
3: Yeah, I think it would be really fun to talk about that there too. And yeah, like I mentioned, there's also the stuff in Patreon where we've been talking about kind of using your personality type to know how to take care of yourself and all those kinds of things. So be sure to be checking out both the Facebook group and the Patreon for more on all of this. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today, Erin. It was
2: so much fun. I just love talking with you. I love talking with you too, girl. I hope you have a great night. You too. All right, ladies, that's it for this week's
3: episode. But for all the show notes, be sure to head over to BoldTurquoise.com forward slash 052 to get all the links to everything that we've talked about. Of course, Erin and I would love to connect with you guys more in either our Facebook group or on our social media accounts. We both love Instagram, so you can find us at The Humbled Homemaker and at Bold Turquoise over there. We would love to connect with you in that way. I also wanted to mention that a lot of you have been approaching me and asking how you can be supporting me and my family more during this difficult time that we're going through, which you have no idea just how much it means to me that you guys would even be willing to ask or think about it. And first of all, just your prayers and support are, of course, greatly appreciated. And they really do mean so much to me. If you want to go above and beyond that, which you absolutely don't have to, But for those of you who have asked and would like to do that, I think one of the best ways that you can do that is supporting our sponsors by sharing the podcast with your friends and then if you want to take it to another level you could join our Patreon community and I'm really trying to have Patreon be something that doesn't just benefit me but actually benefits you guys as well. We have an amazing community of ladies that is growing and thriving in our private Facebook group. We have challenges going each month long. This month we're focusing on our morning and evening routines and really revitalizing our master bedrooms which has been so much fun we just released a mini cap on the essentials of a great nightstand last week that I would love to have you guys be able to listen to if you're a Patreon supporter. We've got printables and all sorts of other fun things that we are putting out every month. And I deeply appreciate each and every patron that we have over there. So if you want to join and help support me and get some stuff for you to be able to get more on top of your goals for this year and work on your self-care and your homemaking, then go to patreon.com forward slash cultivating the lovely and you can check out all the different options and everything that we have to offer over there. So thank you again for all of you who are supporters. I appreciate and love you so much and I hope that you will continue to find Patreon. To be valuable. Next month, we are going to be talking about facial care and makeup, and we're going to be revitalizing our bathrooms, and it's just, it's so much fun. I love the community, and I'm so appreciative of each and every one of you. So, anyhow, all of that just to say, I appreciate every one of my listeners. I'm so glad and so honored that you guys would be willing to take time to listen to this show and keep the downloads coming and helping because even just that helps to support my family. So thank you so much. Thank you for all the ratings and reviews that you guys have been leaving on iTunes. That's a big help as well. And until next week when I actually have Angie Elkins on the show, which is a super fun episode talking about creativity with our kids, Have a wonderful week, and go be bold and gracious.
0: Selling a little, or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash audioboom. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.
1: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. That's indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.